It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Very pleased to have joining us from just outside the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing room. Uh, Utah Senior Senator Mike Lee joins us on the line to give us an update as we continue to watch the confirmation hearings of Judge Katanji Brown Jackson. Senator, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much, Boyd, and thanks so much for accommodating my schedule today. <laughs> uh, we know how those hearings go, and uh, we know that uh, life in the uh, ante room, the, the room just outside the room where it happens, uh, is always uh, an interesting place to be. There, there was a little bit of, uh, of irony this morning uh, as you began to uh, have your second round of 20 minutes uh, questioning Judge Jackson. Uh, you began by talking about the Antiquities Act at the very moment the uh, announcement came down that uh, the the outdoor retailers were actually going to return uh, to Utah. They had left, uh, and for some, it was the Antiquities Act uh, that was the problem. Uh, but tell us about that exchange uh, with Judge Jackson uh, as it relates to the Antiquities Act and, and what that uh, that series was all about. Well, that line of questions just dealt with, uh, with public lands and the type of litigation that she's occasionally addressed not specifically dealing with the Antiquities Act, but with regard to certain decisions made by the U.S. Department of the Interior. And then I, I wanted to raise with her the language in the Antiquities Act talking about the need to confine national monuments designated by a president to the smallest area compatible with the, with the uh, uh, things to be protected by the monument. I uh, wanted to just get her sense as to how she would go about construing that. She didn't feel comfortable offering a, an exhaustive interpretation of that, and I didn't expect more than that. And it was a nice uh, part of a conversation and um, something that I was able to explain from a Utah perspective. Uh, one of the myriad ways in which interpreting a statute correctly can make a big difference in states like ours. Yeah, absolutely. It is a uh, big issue here in the the state of Utah, to be sure. Uh, it's been interesting to to watch, and many have noted, uh, including many uh, national uh, cable channels, uh, had noticed the the conversation that you had with Judge Jackson, particularly yesterday, uh, where you did come to some ag- agreement, or she agreed very readily and forcefully uh, with some of the interpretation in terms of the original meaning and intent of the Constitution. And uh, I know you actually even got called out uh, on one program for not coming on, uh, not because you were dodging a question, but because they loved the conversation that you and Judge Jackson were actually having about what should have been the substantive pieces uh, of this whole hearing. Yeah, look, I've been very pleased with what she said uh, about the means by which she'd go about ascertaining the meaning of a statute. On Monday, before she was answering questions, we were just giving our opening statements. I mentioned it's important when construing text to, to look at the original public meaning, the, the, the public's understanding of a provision at the time of its enactment, if it's a statute, or at the time of its ratification, if it's a part of the Constitution. And uh, then I asked her about it yesterday, and she 
agreed. And, and uh, I was thrilled by that. Uh, that's an important development. There are a lot of people who want to believe that the meaning of a law or a provision of the Constitution can change over time. And that if you redefine the words, you reimagine them, it doesn't really matter what the original understanding was at the time it became law. So I was pleased with that. Uh, as you continue to look at, at where we are and kind of the uh, state of things, we're obviously coming down the uh, the home stretch in terms of the uh, interview portion of all of this. I think we're down to Senator Coons, and so we still have a few more who get their uh, second round of of twenty minutes, and then I know you'll go into a closed hearing relating to background uh, investigations. Are there any other things that you're looking for, or any other things that uh, might be popping up, uh, kind of in the late stages of this uh, questioning in this hearing? Well, we're still trying to get more answers on a, a few things, including her position on sentencing child pornography defendants. It, it is remarkable, and that's why I, I spent a fair amount of time on this today with her, that in every case that has come before her involving a, a child pornography defendant, someone convicted of child pornography, um, she has in every one of those cases where she has any discretion at all, that is where the decision is not taken away from her by a statutory minimum mandatory, she's imposed uh, sentences substantially below where the sentencing guidelines would put them. And to a degree and in a way that I, I believe is incompatible with the relevant statutory framework applicable to those cases. Uh, that is that is concerning. Like there is no offense that is more severe. There's no type of offense that's more grave than the, the sexual assault, the ex sexual exploitation and trafficking, uh, trafficking of children. But that's what we're dealing with with these cases. And it's the type of offense that, that uh, uh, hurts the victim immensely uh, uh, the moment the material is created, but re-victimizes uh, that victim for the rest of that victim's life as these images are shared. Judge Jackson appears to have adopted a very strange and aggressive, indeed radical view toward this stuff, which is that somehow it's made less severe. The punishment should be made less severe by virtue of the fact that most of this stuff is transmitted and received and stored electronically on computer devices. I think that makes it worse, not better, but in any event, uh, it shows a, uh, I think a rather flagrant departure from the role that she has as a judge, including from the statutes that she's bound to uphold. Yeah. Well, and that, uh, that will be interesting to see how that plays out over these last few rounds of, uh, of questioning. And then of course, uh, it will eventually go to the floor of the Senate and uh, I'm sure there will be much more discussion there uh, before that final vote is taken on her nomination. Uh, I want to shift just real quickly, Senator, if I, if I might away from the hearing, uh, just in the last half hour, of course, we've uh, heard the news that former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright uh, passed away at age 84, uh, after a bout with cancer. Uh, obviously, she had a uh, a large presence on the world stage as the first uh, woman to be the Secretary of State. Uh, any recollections or or connections there as as you look back at her life and legacy? I remember going to see her speak when I was a, a, a young lawyer, very recent graduate of law school uh, back in the late nineties. I believe she was still Secretary of State at the time, and being very impressed. Uh, by what she had to say and, and the manner in which she presented uh, her, her 
speech, her thoughts. Uh, she's uh, she's she's someone who a lot of people looked up to, and with good reason. She did a lot of good in the world, and I'm grateful to her for her service and, and mourn her passing. Yeah, well, we appreciate that uh, perspective as well. And uh, again, we'll continue to tap into you as we go through these uh, final uh, rounds of questioning of uh, Judge Katanji Brown Jackson. Uh, still questions uh, that people want answers to. And uh, is there anything else that you're looking for or anything else we should be mindful of uh, as this uh, moves kind of to the next phase? Well, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how she continues to answer these questions for the rest of the day. She's got more of them. Uh, I, I think some of the questions she's, the answers that she's providing on this child pornography issue are, are not, uh, are not sticking. And, and it's not because of a petulant desire on the part of, of any member of the committee to just keep rehashing the old, old points. It's that the more she makes the arguments she's making, the more clear it becomes that she's not, um, she's not making arguments that are consistent with the law or, or with the effective administration of justice. These are, these are significant concerns and we're trying to figuring out, figure out what this has to say about her jurisprudential philosophy and her approach. All right. Utah senior Senator Mike Lee, appreciate your perspective and uh, stepping out of the room and uh, giving us some behind the scenes look at what is happening and uh, what's coming up next on this uh, important hearing in the Senate Judiciary Committee today. Senator, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. All right, that's Utah Senior Senator Mike Lee. Uh, again, fascinating exchanges uh, there in the committee hearing, the Judiciary Committee hearing for the confirmation of Judge Jackson to the Supreme Court. Uh, and, and again, the, the interactions have been very interesting and uh, obviously far better than what we've seen in previous confirmation hearings, especially the last two or three. Uh, so that is a, a good thing. There are Clearly still questions that many people have that uh, want to get better answers to. We'll see how that plays out in the waning hours here. Uh, and as these uh, final few senators have their chance to ask questions before they go behind closed doors. But we'll continue to cover all of that and watch it for you here on KSL News Radio. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, Utah Governor Spencer Cox is going to join us, uh, talk about uh, vetoes and what came out of the legislative session and the return of the retailers. And at 150, former Ambassador John Huntsman Jr. will join us to talk about the legacy of former Secretary of State Mellon Albright, who passed away today at 84. Stay with us. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.